That's like a speech jammer. Five hundred twenty-five thousand moments. So oh dear. That was the greatest that that's, that's ever it, sounded. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Speaking of the greatest, the greatest team is back. Sydney and me are here. It is way, way off, off Broadway, and we are finally back. We're and back, baby. How can we not? Ooh. How can we not be back in full force? But almost a year out from the musical that got me into theater, and I'm sure it's touched everybody's heart here. Rent. We've got the leading duo. Introduce yourselves. So, Dale, I play Mark. I'm introducing myself first only because I had all the monologues and it was a lot to memorize. <laughs> so, um, you were in that. Yeah, that's me. I played Mark. I said that twice now. I'm Cody. I was Roger. I will give Kale the credit there because he did have way more to memorize than I did. Plus, he had to figure out how to use that that camera and I can it broke. For that. Oh yeah. On the last yeah, night of tech it yeah, broke. I, did. I forgot about that. The camera never ran during production. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> that poor camera. And you treated it so nice. I'm gonna take full ownership for the fact that the button stopped working because I pressed it too much. I really <laughs> did. I was like always <laughs> pressing that button. He said, let me press your buttons. <laughs> It happens, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, at this point in my life, and at 23 years of age, everyone who's met me at this point has should know by now. If there's a button, I'm pressing it. <laughs> like I just, I, it's just <laughs> imp, imp, poor impulse control. <laughs> Got to press all the buttons. Yeah. Uh, let's loosen up. Let's start into like a quick fire question round. Cody, right. let's start with you. Mm-hmm. Favorite song from Rent? Oh man. Oh, one song, Glory. <laughs> that song was a fun time for you, huh? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's my favorite because it took me 5,000 tries to get it right. Yeah. Did you play your guitar live? Just that small little beginning piece I did because that's all I know how to play on guitar. Perfect. Kale, Love that. favorite line from Rent? Favorite line? It's less of a line. See, it's, it's hard to pick a line because they were all sung. But the thing that I, the thing that I probably liked the most because it was inappropriately the hardest thing for me to keep a straight face while saying was close on Roger, his girlfriend April left a note saying we've got AIDS before slitting her wrists in the bathroom. And for some reason, because I'm a horrible person deep down inside of my soul, apparently that was so funny to me. <laughs> Which is horrible, and I couldn't not laugh well, at it every and time. And your your scene partner's Cody, and like he's sitting there in like the little the little emo <laughs> corner that we had set up for him. Like yeah, good old he's emo just sitting corner. there, he's sulking. He's like, "Oh, I'm Cody Webb." Uh, and this will be totally it, pointless for everybody listening because this is an audio medium. But every single time before I would exit the apartment, Cody and I would look at each other and make eye contact, and Cody would go. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason that face i just like the the white guy the white guy funny smile expression. like you know the one they give the acknowledgement like oh uh, yeah that's a good all right next one 
Cody, what is one thing you always do before going on stage? Like some, like a ritual, anything like that? Ooh, one thing, I think the one thing I've always done before I go on stage is like right before I'm about to walk on, I just take like a deep, deep breath <laughs> and then like hold it for a couple seconds and then let it out. Cause I learned that if you're, if you're nervous and you go on stage nervous, then everything's going to, you're going to overthink things. and It's going to fall apart. So if you just kind of let it go, as soon as you're about to walk on stage, you, you kind of don't think about it and you kind of just feel it. You actually, you know, it's easier to get through everything you need oh, to get yeah. through. So that's probably, I don't really, I don't have a lot of superstitions or stuff when it comes to that, but that's the one thing I think consistently that I've done anytime I've gone on stage for any performance. I don't know like if it's just me that does this, but I develop superstition rituals for each individual show. Like if I don't do something before a specific show, like I, I lose it. Like, during Tick Tick Boom, yeah. I developed. Um, we had to jam out to Dancing in the Moonlight, but like ten minutes before we went on stage every time, or else we were gonna mess it up entirely. Yeah, that's no, hilarious. I get, yeah, I get that. Like a a pattern that you kind of yeah. pick up going through, like through the rehearsal process. My personal ritual is horribly embarrassing. It's quite it's quite funny. I like to I like to get myself alone for just a second. And then oh, man. because I always have, I always have this like anxiety that swells up at the very last second. And so I take myself yep. back to have a pep talk and I sit myself down and I say, you are a star. You yes. are a star. And I just, yes. and I just talk my, I give myself all that dumb <laughs> bullshit yeah. and it makes me better every time. So you, you literally like do the, the lightning McQueen from cars the right before he gets ready to race like i am, speed. I am speed. It's, it's very that yes. i always say ka-chow like right that. before i go on stage my oh, that's great that's so much better than mine yeah i love that <laughs> okay and then this one is for kale what is a project that you're currently working on outside of theater what's something that you're currently working on something fun something fresh so my big fun thing right now is I am so I'm a creative writing major in college. I'm not like done yet, but that's what I am majoring in. And I'm currently working on a collection of short stories and poems, one of which I would like to have published by the end of the year yeah. if everything goes well. Heck yeah. That is what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's me. That's awesome. He's he's our Shakespearean writer. All right, Cody, what is one skill in theater that you are always trying to refine that you can never feel like you nail down like one technique or. Oh, I don't know if it, I would say not. I mean, I guess for if this applies to musical theater, but even in, in just singing in general, I've always been bad at being able to because I didn't study music ever. I just kind of grew up knowing the basics of how to sing. And then I did choir and stuff, but being able to harmonize just like off the top of my head, I've never been good at that ever. And I can't like, if, if somebody teaches me the harmony or plays it once I got it. But as far as like, if somebody just came up to me and was like, Hey, I'm going to sing the melody. You just harmonize. I would fail horribly. 
So every show I've done, I try to see if, at least in my head, if I can hum the harmony to something without being taught it first and see if I get it right. So far, not great. <laughs> but working on it, getting better every time. Yeah. Good to know. You feel that? Kale. Same question. What is a technique that you're always striving to perfect because you don't think you can, you don't hit it exactly how you want it? Easy. And that answer for me is dance. And I need to get better at it because I'm horrible at all of it. Like me <laughs> dancing looks like a regular person uh, dying a bit, a bit like dying. <laughs> A bit like you're dying and like slipping in a puddle of something sticky also at the same time. (laughs) Rather unfortunate. It's rather unfortunate. I have no control over my body. I'm essentially, um, I'm, I'm essentially one of those little car lot guys with the air that's like (laughs) the wacky wacky food man thing. Da, 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 da. It's time for the game show. This is gonna be Cody's worst nightmare. Yes. Welcome to the lyric. This is this a is... point based competition where oh, the yes, winner there. gets to choose the loser's right, punishment. Ooh, it's just it's you versus <laughs> kale baby <laughs> all right first one. they're not that i don't think they're that hard i don't think they're that hard i i made it mind you i just would like to point out to everybody that literally i have not listened to rent since we closed <laughs> Neither have I. Same on purpose. I have not listened to a single song <laughs> this will be fun okay so we're gonna do it as like i guess Jeopardy, whoever says it first gets to answer, and if you get it wrong, the other person gets a chance to steal it, kind of thing. So we'll start with that. There's eight questions. It's going to be a blast. Okay. First lyric. (sighs) Open your door. I'll be your tenant. Don't got much baggage. Blank. To lay at your feet. Dang, Cody. (laughs) Dang, Cody. I know the lyrics to everybody else's songs, just not my own. Oh, you'll be fine, man. Yeah. Next question. The Tango Maureen. It's a dark, dizzy merry-go-round. As she keeps you dangling, blank. Your heart, she is mangling. We're we're tied. We're tied. Okay. Let's open up a restaurant in Santa Fe. Oh, sunny Santa Fe would be nice. We'll open up a restaurant in Santa Fe, blank. And the roaches and mice. this to the roaches and mice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say that I misspoke. And I said, leave it to the roaches and mice. And that is wrong. So that's it Cody's is, point. It is Cody's point. It is <sighs> Cody's point. I'm glad you spoke that's up. That's a lot of I got, got some integrity on, on the player side. All right, we, love, we love integrity. <laughs> on, the, on the Way Way Off of Broadway podcast, we love integrity. Okay. Next. Okay. Next one. In the evening, I've got to roam. Can't sleep in the city of blank. Neon and chrome. Oh, it's tight mm. again. It's tight again. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, find glory in a song that rings true. Truth like a blazing <laughs> fire. Blank. An eternal flame. <laughs> oh, I got that eternal flame on lock. We have three questions left. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's three to two. It's th- yeah. It's three to two. I here's where I'm going to tell you what what the winner gets. The winner gets to choose the song the loser sings as the outro of the podcast. <laughs> any song. Any it, any song. It, it can any it song. can be it can be from anywhere. Any song. So your okay. fate could be in Kale's hands, Cody, and I don't know if you want that. Oh man. So you better step it up. Yeah, that's dangerous. All right, next one. There's only us. There's only this. Forget regret. Blank. Or life is yours to miss. <laughs> yes, okay. Yep. All right. Listen up. There's two left. Cody, if you don't get it together. <laughs> get it together. Oh, right. man. Don't breathe too deep. Don't think all day. Dive into work. Blank. Drive, Drive the other way. way. So that was a push. That was a that was a tie. That was a tie. Yeah. Um. Well, how far ahead is the score now tied? No. 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 Wait. Uh, no. You're, you're, you're still, still winning. winning. You're still winning. Yeah. You. You. You have oh. won. You have won. You have won. That was that was a collision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one more for posterity. We have one more. I don't remember what it is. Trusting desire, starting to learn, walking through fire, blank. Oh my gosh! Come on. Without a burn, or is it? In a, is no. it another word first? It's something a burn. No, it's I without, think it's, it's, it's without. Burn. Is it without? without yeah, it's without a burn. It's without a burn. <laughs> I knew Kale would win. Kale, man. No, I knew Kale I, would win. I, I... <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, I have never, I can only remember this because I did it every single day relentlessly for three months. Every time I've ever done a gig, I have to look at the lyrics on my phone screen for every single song. I, or I will oh, forget you them. Can ask, you can ask Sydney uh, when she came to see one of my gigs. I literally, I have my phone it is. On, a, on a stand hooked to the mic, the mic yeah. stand because uh, I do the same thing. Smart, actually. I just look like a dumb asshole in mine. <laughs> My hand. Right. They're like, oh, look, this guy is, has no idea what he's doing. So, I just wanted to see Cody squirm. And I think I succeeded. <laughs> so we'll, we'll give Kale some time throughout the re- remainder of the podcast to determine what song Cody will end us with. So we have, we have the remainder of the podcast to figure that out. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let me but since we are on the the rent wagon, yeah, let's talk about the impact rent has had not only here locally uh, with you all being in it, but do you remember where you were at when you were first introduced to the music of rent? Well, here I'll, I'll go first while you think about it. I remember because I remember exactly where I was. Um, I was actually it was much later. Like I was in high school, which kind of bums me out. Um, but growing up because what uh, a lot of people don't know is growing up i never musicals weren't a thing in my life you know i played sports and all that stuff so i didn't really i wasn't introduced to musicals until i believe it was my sophomore or junior year of college or college of high school and uh and it was actually somebody came in we we were auditioning for a school musical and someone auditioned with one song glory and i had never heard that song before and i asked he was like oh it's 
Roger's song from Rent. And my first, I was like, what the hell is Rent? He says musical. So I, when I, I looked it up and listened to it and I was like, I immediately fell in love with all of it. Yeah. Literally like, ugh. it's a great song. It's so, yeah, it's an absolutely great song. All right. So I think absolutely shameful that the very first time i listened to rent i was 19 i lived 19 years and i've done theater for a long time i didn't i never listened to rent till i was 19 i had joined this speech team at the community college i was attending and one of our coaches the coach that coached all of the acting events was like this is just a random thought but you'd play a really good mark in rent because you look just like anthony rap and i said what is rent who is anthony rap <laughs> and 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 we were on uh like we were on a 15 passenger van on the way to a tournament in chicago when this happened so naturally we spent the whole rest of the ride listening to the soundtrack and then, and then on, on that day, I decided, all right, someday I've got to yeah. play Mark. How were you listening to the soundtrack? Was it, were you streaming it? What was the medium? We listened to it on Spotify through the yeah. car radio. So I'm going to throw you my one, like my cool rent story. Oh, this pisses me I remember. I, it's cool. This pisses me off. <laughs> I was this young little stupid kid from the country visiting New York City for the first time. My cousin was an executive at Liz Claiborne, and he had tickets to the hottest new show in town, Rent. The only thing I remember from that is getting the two-disc double-stack CD going through the booklet and burning just hours and hours listening to nothing but rent that was the <laughs> only thing i knew for so long i knew that and i knew the yankees won the world series versus the mets that year and i didn't care about anything else so that's like my one cool rent story that i have uh, since then it's been downhill yeah <sighs> i think it's i think it's a pretty yeah, cool story awesome. i think it's a great story Sydney, do you remember where you were Heck first yeah. introduced? Yeah, so I believe it was 2005 and the movie had come out. And my dad was obsessed with it. So five-year-old me watched the movie of Rhett and watched that non-stop for like forever. And so like it's, I've said this before, Rhett is my dad's favorite absolute favorite musical and he was so excited when he found out. honestly honestly but he was so excited when he found out that we were doing rent he like lost his mind he was like oh my gosh like if they need help with anything let me know like all kinds of stuff yeah (laughs) my dad still watches it all the time like like i'll be sitting in here yeah, he like, I'll be sitting here doing stuff, and I just hear um, bisexuals, trisexuals, homosexuals coming from the living room, and I'm like, ah, oh, he's watching Rent again. <laughs> he's watching Rent again, and so it's you know, it's kind of like a bonding thing, I guess. Oh my gosh, here's the thing that happened today that I forgot about. That's Rent yeah. adjacent. I saw Brandon and Jen in Walmart today. Oh, oh, yeah. What they have to say. 
today has really been a rent reunion reunion day for me going back to rent's impact in your all's area um while you were developing your character and going through the process were there any moments that really resonated home that were kind of parallel to happening in your personal life i do have a family member who was and still is kind of in that world that Mimi was in as far as like the narcotic side of it. So that was a way, kind of like a way into the character into like, I couldn't relate directly, but I had experience in the same realm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So essentially for me, when I was learning how I wanted to play Mark and I was reading through the script, I realized that Mark's like whole kind of thing, like Tyler said, is that he's kind of alone through all of this. And so auditions for Rent were in January. I had only moved to Evansville in like mid-December. And so I walked into that place knowing no one, having just moved away from a college town that I moved away from because I knew no one and had was tired of being alone. And so I like all of the alone stuff was fresh on my mind. But one thing about Mark that like resonated with me personally more than anything else is that in the group of characters that make up Rent, Mark is their token straight. And I have been the token straight my whole life. And, and, and the thing about that is when you are the token straight and you're surrounded with people who are like victimized on a daily basis, like when you're, when you're close to people and you love people from marginalized communities and you're the token straight, it can often feel like your struggle is like invalid. Like it's my time to shut the fuck up because I am straight and white and have had, and right. my kind have had the floor for 400 years at this point. Oh, so, like, yeah. so like shut up and leave it alone. And for me, like the part of Mark that I was able to read that into the script, I was like, Oh my God. It just it, like, I just, I just get it, you know? And yeah, for that me, that sense. was the part of that. Having that realization was what, was when I walked into the pool, I guess, yeah. of becoming Mark. Oh, yeah. One thing I, I feel that oh. very heavily. I feel that very heavily. Uh, <laughs> now, Cody, uh, go tapping into emotion and difficult things that you're trying to relate, emotions you were trying to relate to. Roger has a pretty dynamic journey throughout the entire show. Were you able to, to source different emotions from different places and how, how did you put all of that together? Yeah, that's the, and that's the reason why I love Roger's character so much. And I mean, there's not a bad character in rent really. I mean, you can literally do the show seven different ways with seven in seven different characters and it'd be um, amazing. But with Roger, for me, Roger and I were very similar in the fact that like we, we were afraid for so long to be vulnerable because it had, it had, you know, took a, it hurt us in the past when we did that. So having to find a way to 
be become more vulnerable as the the show went on was definitely something that I tried to put a lot of effort into and tried to it wasn't necessarily as hard as I as I thought it was going to be because it was very similar to myself and I think that's what makes playing these characters especially for I mean I can only speak for myself but and from what Kale said playing characters that you relate heavily with makes the job of acting so yes, much easier for sure. um because oh, yeah. you, you don't have to you don't have to try to falsify feelings or emotions because then it just comes off looking phony and the whole point of acting is you know to be a good actor when people watch you they have to forget that you're acting they have to be able to look at that and just and just be in it with you so the having to find the vulnerability in Roger was I'm I'm not going to say it was easy, um, but it was definitely a it was a good healthy challenge yeah. to portray that because the one thing a lot of people are afraid of is being vulnerable, and as actors, you have to not you can't be afraid to be vulnerable, especially if that's the way your character has to. Because I mean, if if Roger was the same in the beginning as he was, or as if he was the same at the end as he was at the beginning, then I would have done a terrible job as yeah. as an actor. So yeah, so I think the the journey of of Roger was easier to tap into than I expected it to be, but it was definitely a challenge. And like I think that all of us kind of went into the production of rent with this like sense of vulnerability, because I don't think you can do that show without being vulnerable with, with how you are as a person, you really open up with it. Cause I mean, I've I've known you for, I don't know how many years now at this point, long time, but like, I don't know if we'd besides maybe Rocky had had like a lot of conversations until then really. And right. like we're very open and vulnerable with everybody in that cast. Like Kale, we went to your wedding. Like, <laughs> yeah, we did. And and we got down on the dance floor yeah. at your wedding. Damn, we did get down. And got honestly, down. Cody got more action than the woman I married. That, <laughs> night, <so. laughs> that was the best twenty bucks I've ever spent. Yeah, I fr- oh my god, I just I forgot about that. I've ever received. I forgot about yeah. That. Hey, the DJ, it was the DJ's fault. He said he was 20 bucks, uh, for a lap dance or something like that. And I was, (laughs) I immediately, I immediately looked to like Sydney and them there. And I was like, I have a 20 in my wallet. I had no idea he was going to say that. And I was so excited when he did because I was like, I know, I know that I invited the kind of people to this wedding that are going to spend that $20. Oh, without a question. Like just, and I was just right. the fact that Cody looked yeah. at all of us and goes, I have a 20 in my wallet. And we're like, Cody, if you don't. I, 20. <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah. The, and the, the, the best part about it was I knew for a fact that Kale was going to go 110% with it. <laughs> Which is why oh, you I was already like, know, this, girl. Signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be the the easiest, the best twenty I've ever spent in my life. Ah, oh, it was great. It was what a reunion for oh, Mark and Roger. 
<laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I think it just shows a testament just how vulnerable we all got with each other and how well we all, well, I bumped my mic. Yeah. That was weird. Um, just how vulnerable we got with each other and then just how close we all ended up getting throughout the process. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't an easy process cause rent is a hard show, but like we, oh, for sure. we got through it. And in the end we had a really good product. And so I feel like, yeah, I don't know. That's, this is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah. So on rent. One of the things about it that just, and I mean, I feel like I can say this a little bit about every show, you know, but like the way that everything was so chaotic until it just <laughs> yeah. wasn't like three yeah. days before we opened. Yep. Like the way that I was like, um, how I'm the lead and I don't know my lines like four days before yeah. the show. And it just clicked. It's like, yep. it's just one of those things for me. I, nothing has ever, ever just had that exact moment of it's go time. Yeah. And so like, there's just, there's something really special about this show, but not only this show, the exact group of people that we did it with. There's oh, just yeah, something absolutely. very special about that group. Yeah. Cause it was just sitting in that, uh, when I, sitting in the callback and they were just doing everybody back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I could tell who was going to be cast like immediately with the chemistry stuff. I heard you two singing it and I was like, ah, <laughs> like you guys do it. And I was like, ah, there it is. <laughs> and like y- you, I mean, I walked in into the room right before Cody's audition and Cody auditioned just a couple people before me. And I heard the shine down version of simple man <laughs> through the door. And I was like, whoever the fuck that is. It's Roger. <laughs> but it's just like, you, you you get a f- feeling from like sitting behind a casting table and then also you know doing auditions and stuff you you get a f- feeling with it there's there's a lot of times where it's like people might not show exactly everything at their audition or their callback but you see the chemistry that two people have together and you're just like whatever yeah. it'll work itself out because the chemistry is there like yeah well, and they and and we always say, especially for auditions, you know, that may be your only chance to ever portray that character for however short amount of time your audition is. So if you're you can't half ass it thinking that, you know, oh, I'll figure it out when I get cast. It's like, you know, you have to you have to give it all you got. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to they're you know, they're not yeah. going to look at you. I mean, that's really good advice. I was just going to say, but you also have to give it your all 100% of the time because, like, even if it is just portraying a character in an audition, what's the point of making art if you're not putting your your whole body into yes. it? Yeah, Like, exactly. if you're not going to put every single thing that you are into a performance, then why are you even there? Because, yeah. like, for me, if I'm not putting myself into the performance i not only feel like i'm cheating the audience but i feel like i'm cheating myself because like yeah acting is an emotional release and it's therapeutic for me like well let's push that button you've all been in shows where (laughs) your castmates are not giving it that same amount of effort and everyone can tell or or even if it's worse you can tell even if it's you know just a scene partner how do you deal with the frustration right. of some someone 
bringing your level down. Um, I'm going to take this one first, uh, just just because I have a, a go good right idea of what's on my mind. It 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 really depends, at least for me. You know, it, speaking strictly about rent, it helped, but it also hindered. Because in certain areas, Roger is supposed to be super frustrated and mad. So not getting back what I needed and making me personally frustrated made it easier to make Roger frustrated. However, in scenes where, you know, when you're tr- when you're trying to portray two characters, their journey from the beginning to the end where they have to have this this connection and when you only have half of that connection, it it's just it doesn't work. And, you know, like I said, in certain scenes, it can if your character is supposed to be pissed off. Um, but in certain scenes where your character is supposed to be loving, it is it's interesting. You learn a lot about your self and how you can yeah. compartmentalize things in the in the moment. It's really it's one thing to it's draining to have. You know, if you do have the full connection and you both are giving each other 120 percent, that's draining. But it's also draining, if not more draining, when you're the only one giving. So you're going from giving 100 percent to now I'm like, okay, they're not giving me back anything. So now I have to bump it up to 120 percent. They're still not giving me anything. So now I have to go. You now you're almost giving too much because you're not getting anything back. And it's, you know, it's it was interesting. It's the acting equivalent of being a pregnant mother. You are crying for two right now, and it is yeah. hard work. <laughs> yeah. What I really loved right about both of you, uh, you were both so easy to, to photograph because the emotions <laughs> were portrayed so genuinely and relatable. It just it, it made what I was doing so much easier, so much easier. Oh, you might just be a good photographer yes. because I've taken several <laughs> pictures of me crying and they're not good. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh man. I mean, I was, I was going to say, I, again, I can't speak for kale, but when it comes to the facial expressions and everything for a while, it was actually something that I had to work on. I, I wasn't giving someone, I, I had a, a director one time tell me that, he asked if I was a film actor and I said, no. And he said, well, you're acting like you're on camera. Like you're, you're acting like there's a, like we have a close up of your face and we don't. So whoever's in the front front row has to be able to see your emotions and whoever's in the back row has to be able to see it. So for a long time, it was something that I, that's another skill that I've worked really hard on was making sure that my facial expressions not only matched what I was doing, but were big enough that it was portrayed to the audience. But also to Kale's point, yeah, Tyler, I mean, you you take pretty good photos. So I think it wouldn't really matter who was making the expression. It probably would look pretty good. No, I have plenty of throwaways from that that show. Believe me, there are uh, <laughs> many that did not make the cut. So what I kind of want to turn towards is like, what have you guys been working on post- rent like what what are some theater projects that you've worked on so i guess let's start with kale what kind of what what have you been up to so in the realm of theater after rent i took five months off 
to of acting period to plan a wedding. And then after, and then the day after my wedding, I went to an audition for uh, <laughs> Let the Right One In. For, and I played, I was cast as Oscar in that show. And yeah. um, he, who, who is like a little boy who is horrendously bullied and whose best friend is also a vampire. So that's every kid's you yeah. know, story right there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally yeah. relatable, you know. Absolutely. It was the first time I ever got to work with blood. First time I blood. ever got to work with fake blood, which was so fun. Um, except for that it's sticky and I have sensory issues, which is not the fun yeah. part. But <laughs> um but that's that's really the only theater that I have done since rent. I've been taking it easy because I really want to finish this degree because I'm so tired of paying for it. <laughs> yeah, get that education. Get that education. But as soon as soon as it starts to get warmer, I I'm planning to come back and audition for Big Fish at <gasps> Civic. Yay! We'll see how that goes. I'm I'm working on I'm working on this right now because Edward Bloom is a long term dream of mine. So heck yeah! For oh, this is not a visual. For this is not a visual medium. This is me um, sensually fondling my own beard. <laughs> Did your fake blood come in a big jug, like a big? one two gallon jug remember actually because it was all like tony packaged it in all these individual okay. bags we actually got the blood donated from uh nick knackery donated oh. it for the show so yeah evans the local shop at nick knackery for all of Heck your yeah. sticky blood needs <laughs> the only reason i ask is uh i did that photo with vivica darko a couple weeks ago and this bitch just had jugs yes. of fake blood in the living room floor, yes. I was like, just go grab one of them and then just start pouring it everywhere <laughs> and all over their face and their yes. mouth. And I was like, that that can't taste good. That just it looks no. so gross. No, I, we I literally shot a movie with Vivica, and where my the character I was playing, Vivica, killed my character very brutally, and uh, they used a lot of fake blood, and it went into my it like poured into my <gasps> ear because i was laying sideways oh. and we shot that movie last year like middle of last year it was still hot outside and to this day i can use a q-tip like if i get out of the shower and i'll use a q-tip and there's still remnants of fake <gasps> blood that is will oh come out God. of my yeah so it, it oh my gosh word of the wise don't let it get into your ears because it will never come out forever <laughs> oh my god all I'm saying is any fake blood enters my ear and the fear that you're seeing is no longer acting. hundred <laughs> percent real. hundred percent. It's real. It's real. Same question to you, Cody. What have you been up to theater wise? So theater wise after rent, uh, I was in a show called the secret garden. Um, it is a annual show. It's called the Jacob ball show. Um, for the Jacob Ball Wish Fund, um, I've done it every year for I believe eight, eight or nine years at this point. Um, and this year uh, was the Secret Garden. I was actually with our rents Benny Brandon Eck was also in that show with me. And yeah, it was it's it's such a it's such a cute little uh, little show. The music is great. I played Dickin, who is like this woodland 
wizard, I guess. I don't know. He has like a, I had like a magic staff that I could control the elements with. It was like being last airbender. It was great. Uh, outside of that, I like Kale. However, I was not planning a wedding. Um, have taken a lot of time off of, of theater just because I, I don't know if it was burnout or, or what it was, but it was just a, it was the time where I was, I decided I was like, it's time to, to take a, a little bit of a break after that. And that was in, that was in October, I believe. So it's been, what's that for four months? So your garden was a thing. <laughs> that was the show we did. <laughs> Being a co-leading male on such a taxing show has to take a lot out of you too. I would imagine. Oh yeah. I mean, I can't speak for, for Kale, but I know for me after even the, the dress rehearsals, um, I, you know, I would go home exhausted. Like it would just, there was, I there was nothing. I had nothing left in the tank. Oh yeah, for sure. I would hit the door to my apartment every single night. And my, um, my wife, my now wife would ask me like, what's wrong with you? And I'd be like, nothing. I just cried a lot because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> It was even just doing um, production on that show was very mentally just like challenging. There's a lot that goes into it, so I can't even imagine acting yeah. in it and doing it. Well, and I know for for me, our duet second act, like right, you know, towards the end, we would. I remember every single time we would hit the last note or we would hold out that last note for what felt like forever. And I can see all of the emotion that Kale is giving back to me. All the veins are popping out in our necks. Faces are turning red. And I remember as soon as that note would end and I would have to turn away and grab my stuff and run off stage, I would, my legs would be shaking. Like I like every bit of energy that I had remaining just went to zero after that. Like it was so hard to, I'm so glad it's like the, it was like the second to last song or whatever it was going to kale. Who's giving me 200% of everything he had. That song specifically is what took, I think the most energy out of me. Cause like, like I said, right after that song was over, I'm like, I'm seeing stars dizzy my legs are shaking. I have to run around the building to get back (laughs) behind the stage and I'm like that 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 duet was easily probably in my top five duets I've ever done in my entire life. Oh my god, same one of my one of my favorite musical theater songs. Period. But the fact yeah. that I got to perform it alongside someone who wanted to do that song as bad as me, I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think it genuinely does like. That that makes it, I think, is like if you, you have somebody that wants to do it as bad as you want to do it. And like wants to do just yeah, as much as you want to. That will literally make all yeah. the difference in the world. Wife cameo, wife on the podcast, Lexi. Wife cameo. wife cameo. She is saying that she is rounding up half empty water bottles to pour in the dog water because we have not been doing tap since the chemicals entered the Uh, ohio right because like if those dogs die it's over for me now on brighter cheerier notes how much fun was the opening three-person number with preston oh my gosh 
that any scene with Preston is guaranteed to be 10,000 times better than it will ever be. That that man is such a uh, just a genuine light in anytime he's in the room. But yeah, that that opening little number was I always looked forward to it for more than one reason. But getting to do it with with Kale and Preston made it so I mean, makes it so fun. I mean, Preston is just, first of all, the human embodiment of serotonin. Like if you have a, ser- a serotonin <laughs> deficit anywhere inside of you. You need to find this man and give it's him a so hug true. because it will change your life. Yes. Like literally anything could be going on and you'd be like, Preston, I'm having a hard time. He'll goes, baby, come here, <laughs> baby, come here. Yeah. And you get a Preston hug and you're like, ah, oh. the forehead kiss. Ah, <gasps> oh, oh. the Preston forehead kiss. Oh. oh, we love Preston. Oh, we love Preston. Oh. As we get closer to the end here, uh, hopefully, Kale, you're thinking about what song you want Cody to sing. We'll go. Oh, I de- I actually decided about five seconds after the game <laughs> ended. Do you want to let him know now or let him know at the end? Uh, I'll tell him at the end. <laughs> Ooh, the suspense. Don't worry. He kn- he 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 knows the words. I know he knows the words. Oh Jesus! Are you sure? <laughs> Set me up for failure now. <laughs> What is each of your favorite behind the scenes story? <gasps> Something that oh, no yeah. one else would know besides you and maybe one or two other people that was just an absolute highlight of the entire production. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So for me, I have a very distinct memory of just something something so dumb that me and Allie did every single night during um the freeze in the middle of la vie bohème because of the placement so every single night we froze in really difficult positions to hold might i add making eye contact with each other like you have never seen (laughs) (laughs) And, and we we turned it into a staring contest never in my life before I was challenged to a staring contest in the middle of a show. Have I let a bead of sweat drift into my eyeball? (laughs) (laughs) But every, but now like Allie and I talk about it every single time we see each other. And the thing is, it's not even funny. (laughs) We literally just stared into each other's eyes. That's not even funny. Let me tell you, it's hilarious. It's funny when you say it. (laughs) These are funny when you say them. Yes. For me, the only people would, that would know, I mean, most of the cast knew, but for the audience that had no idea. So uh, the mic belt that I was supposed to wear, the clasp broke and it wouldn't it wouldn't stay tied. Uh, it would always fall down. So I had to wear a sports bra under my costume to hook my mic into it. And I will say this, that I don't think any woman should ever have to endure the torture of wearing a sports bra ever in life. It was the worst thing ever. Putting it on was horrible. Then when you're sweating, you got to take it <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, I, had, it I was, took it, it off was, of you almost every night. I swear, I almost dislocated my shoulder trying to get that thing off. Uh, and the funny thing is, I I actually still have that sports bra to this day. It's in It's in a drawer somewhere. 
I saw it not too long ago. Sports bras, okay, at least you weren't wearing a regular bra. If you would have worn a regular bra, you would have died. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't, I'm lacking in the <laughs> the chest area for that. Yeah. Uh, but Did you I know was there's also wearing fucking wires and shit yeah. in there. That's horrid. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's bullshit. Welcome to my life, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was also wearing the, the the women's uh, pants classic plaid pants that he's supposed to wear were actually women's like leggings or or yoga pants of some sort that that John D had which shout out to John D for, that she somehow m- created to make it look like men's pants they were very comfortable i will say that they were the most comfortable pants i've ever worn but uh yeah so Roger was wearing uh you know at least 20% of Roger's costumes uh was women's clothes and you know what? it looked great i feel like that's canonically true about a lot of alt men in the 90s anyways <laughs> yeah i was also wearing women's boots uh those boots that i still have that i wear to this day were i found it on a clearance rack they're like steve madden or something and they are they are 100 percent women's boots shout out to jared for uh his role in almost always wearing high heels as a <laughs> <Yeah>. God. <laughs> yes Love that man. Makes the cast look great. For real. <laughs> now, reflecting back on your time as a fan and as as being in the cast, what would you have any advice to production companies thinking about doing rent in a community theater setting or to actors who have the opportunity to play these roles? What what takeaways do you have that really helped the characters and the show click for you? As far as a, a a community theater wanting to put on rent, the best advice that I would have would be make sure you really look at who who auditions for your shows. Make sure you have the I don't know the best way to put it, but make sure that you have the the crowd or the the people that keep coming to your to audition make sure you have people of caliber enough to do that show because that is a show that i think if you do it with anything less than you know a hundred percent effort by you know you're doing it in injustice and because it's such an iconic show you know don't don't think don't purchase the rights for the show if you don't think you're going to have either a enough people auditioning or if you don't think you're going to have the right people. I don't know if that's the best way to put it. That's what I was thinking. Um, because, I mean, I've I've seen not here, but I've seen, you know, community theaters. They will post, you know, auditions for a big show and then not have the the cast show up basically you know they had to just put people in because they were out of lack of options and then not only are you doing an injustice to the the show you're doing an injustice injustice to the actor that you put in there and you know who you if you know that this person is not ready or maybe their singing voice is not the you know where it needs to be for this part and you put them in there anyway to me that's not fair to them or to the show yeah yeah uh, it's um, especially with one like rent because it's such you know it's it's a rock opera there are you know mark is the only one who really has dialogue <laughs> yeah so 
if you're not capable of singing from start to finish, and then you're you're also going to have people who, if they are not able to do that, they're going to have a bad time. They're not going to have fun, um, and it's going to be a bad experience for them. And you definitely don't want that yeah. with, especially with a show like Rent. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that everything that Cody had to say was really was really on point. Another thing I would add, though, when it comes to things you need to consider before tackling rent is not only that you have capable actors, but that you are conscious of not buying the rights to a show that you don't have people of the right identities to play. Yeah. Because I feel like an, I feel like in a show like Rent, it's represent, representation is super important. Like representation is literally the reason it exists. So I feel like Jonathan Larson's intention was definitely to cast it as he wrote it. And so like sometimes I'll see people cast Rent and like, I don't know. It's, it's not that the story's any different. It just doesn't quite hit the same or have all the same implications unless you respect Jonathan Larson's original intentions, I think. Yeah. I guess the, the big question is, would you do it again? Would you, would you go back on stage and reprise your role? Oh, absolutely. I would in a heartbeat. I have said since the moment the show closed that if rent ever goes on tour again, I'm going to the open call audition. Oh yeah, me yeah, me too. I'd like to try for fun. <laughs> and I know and this is how I kind of feel with every character I've ever played for the most part that as soon as it's done even though I gave everything I had and I did the best that I could do, once it's over, I look back and I'm like, "Oh, if I got to play this character again, here are the things that I would do differently to maybe portray the character in a different yeah. manner." And you know, there are obviously things that I would have liked to improve on, but, but yeah, Roger, Roger is one of my, you know, it was a bucket list character for me for basically since I heard of, or once I started listening to rent for the first time, I was like, this is the character that I want to play and never, never thought I'd have the opportunity to do it. So any chance I have to do it again, I will take a hundred percent. I think it'd just be fun. It'd be so much fun to do that again. It'd be a blast. Oh, for sure. So I guess what is there anything that you want to say to the theater community as a whole? Go to the audition. Go to the yeah. audition. <laughs> yeah. You have people all over this fair city working so hard and spending so much of their time to put shows together. And recently the directors I've talked to are having trouble even filling casts. So mm-hmm. I don't care if you do it all the time or you've never even done it before or if it's something that you are nervous about but think you might have a good time doing, just go to the audition because not only is there a chance that you might get the role that you want, but there's also a guarantee that in this city with these people, you're not going to leave that audition without a friend. Yeah. So like just go to the audition. That's my advice. I would say, cause that's, that's great advice. Cause I mean, I've had, I know of people who have messaged me about like, you know, like, Oh, this audition's coming up. Are you auditioning for it? And if I say no, they go, Oh, well then I don't want to audition for it because I don't want to be there and not know anybody. 
And every time I have to tell them like, yeah, but if you go, you will then know somebody because you will make a friend at least. And it's the only, the, I guess the, I don't know if it's advice necessarily, but don't be scared to be scared. If, if that makes any sense, it's, it's being an actor is a, is a scary thing. It's not, like I said, it goes back to the whole being vulnerable, but it's also something you're never going to be better at it. If you don't fail at it first, you get out what you put in. So if you, you can't have, you can't get something you've never had. If you don't do something you've never done. It's all those little bit life lessons you, you pick up and gather as you, as you grow. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you're never going to get over the fear of say an audition if you don't audition. So you just have to, it, it's one of those things where it's, and I think the nervousness, at least for me, it never really goes away. And I think the day that the nervousness goes away is the day that I will walk away from acting forever. Because then it, it, it especially for theater and stuff like that, like when, when I get nervous before I go on stage, it almost makes me feel good knowing that I'm nervous because it means I care a lot about it. If I, if I'm not nervous, then my emotion isn't there. I don't care about it. So the day that I stop being nervous is the day I I think is the day that you should walk away. It's good advice. It's good advice. I agree. Cody, are you ready to find out what you're, what you're singing everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's end this episode. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, so guys, we appreciate you both being here. Uh, anybody listening to this point, we appreciate you being here. Yes, and thank we you. will have Cody sing us off in uh, Kale's uh, musings. Um, so this is indisputably the greatest song to ever end anything on. And Cody, I know you know this because I'm taking this rule out of your book. So give the podcast some Helena by My Chemical Romance and we'll get out of here. <laughs> oh geez okay hold on <laughs> yeah yeah helena or helena whatever you want to call it oh man i really hope nobody's sleeping in my house right now because they're not going to be in a second surely <laughs> no one's asleep it's only eight fifty-four. <laughs> bro i should be in bed right now it's eight thirty is my bedtime all right let me let me give this a shot Ah, <clears throat> oh, damn you, Kale. <laughs> I knew it. I uh, knew that this would be your exact response. <laughs> I was like, how can I make this really bad for Cody? Uh, oh, yeah, the song she already sings all the time. All right. What's the worst thing I could say? Things are better if I stay. So long and good night. So long and good night. Woo! There it uh, is. Yeah! Don't know who are listening to the podcast. Cody yeah. is the lead singer <laughs> of the film. emo cover band, The Hot Topics. <laughs> All the local bars. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> we never even talked yeah, about that. It, uh, <laughs> lead singer of The Hot Topics. The I always call my, ourselves the Tri-State's number one emo cover band. Because we're, we're the only one. You can follow us. Our Instagram is at uh, Hot Topics Band or the Hot Topics Band. It has all of our stuff on it when we post. But we will be playing at Chasers in April. I believe it's April 
hands. Uh, Kale, where can people find your work or see you next? Uh, to be real with you guys, anyone who's listening who wants to read anything I have read, find me on social media. My at on everything is K-A-L-E-W-R-I-S-T-E-R. And just ask me for it because I am a whore for sending hmm. people things I've written. <laughs> I would love anyone's feedback. Oh. <laughs> Please clip that. <laughs> I am a whore. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, thank you for listening from Tyler. And from Sydney. And from Sydney. Thank you for listening. Um, and thank you to Cody and Kale for coming on. It means a lot. Thanks for having us. This was great. Thanks for having us. This has been awesome. You know, like I said, yeah. first podcast. Heck yeah. <laughs> we made it. We're, we're important podcast. enough, Kale. We made it. <laughs> oh my God. What's the worst thing I could say? Things are better if I stay. So long and good night. So long and good night.